Good morning on Wednesday in the seventh week. We can almost picture that scene, can't we, here near the coastline in Miletus, again a town perhaps 40 miles south of Ephesus, and he's called the presbyters, those that Paul has appointed and anointed into a leadership role in the young church in Ephesus, the young community there. He's asked for them to come, and they've gathered with him on the shoreline, and he's telling them of his departure, they're bidding him adieu, and he's giving them these final instructions, just as our Lord in parallel is giving his followers his final instructions before his arrest. And Paul tells them that. He says, be careful, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Boy, hasn't that been the history of our church? We have divisions that arise, some of significance that are important to be attentive to, and some are mere expressions of a person's preference as presented as a fact. And in our own lives, we have that same challenge is to examine ourselves, and when we encounter points of difference within our lives, in our family, and in our faith community, to really examine ourselves and say, is that a position of fact, or is that a position of preference and opinion? Because there's a big difference. When I present a preference as established fact, that's uh, potentially a great error and wounding. If I say, this is how something is, but it's my opinion, versus that is an objective truth, then I can be wounding to others, and we have to be attentive to that. We're all certainly gifted with the ability of cognitive thought and to make conclusions and arrive at positions of preference and idea, but if I share them as a fact, that can be hard. So I have to be mindful. And Paul, on a more important level, is saying that there will be divisions within the community. They will come. And I would suspect some of these men who will come, or people who will come as wolves, may not even recognize that intentionality. They may be thinking they're acting in authenticity, yet it causes great division. It causes the faithful to be divided and and fractured. We can see that in our contemporary church here in the United States. We have divisions within the expression of our Catholic faith. Many who believe, well, this is the only way or that's the only way. But those aren't objective truths. Those are positions of preference expressed as a fact, and that fact can be very dividing. And the secular world, the world of the world, controlled by the devil, looks at that mockingly and says, these people are divided over something of triviality or something of of opinion, not of objective truth, and therefore their claim on objective truth is suspect. That's the damage it causes. When we divide ourselves as Catholics on matters of preference, not on matters of objective truth, the secular world, looking for a challenge, looks at that division and says, Their objective truth, their claim on Christ, is suspect because of that division. That's how important we have to be to these divisions that arise. Our Lord, speaking so personally and so intimately then with his immediate followers, the apostles, in a sense precedes, uh, not in a sense, in actuality, chronologically, precedes Paul's address to his followers, the, the presbyters in Miletus, because it's quite some time before that, we can argue uh, many years before that, uh, when our Lord in the 
moments before his arrest, says to them so beautifully so, I'm no longer in the world. I'm going to the Father. And he prays then so personally, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me. Them you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. And that's such a beautiful message of unity, isn't it, in a church? Our Lord prays for us, those called by name into the faith, praying that we be united in him, and that we be united with him and the Father as one. He tells us further, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me, and I have guarded them. And not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And furthermore, I'm coming to you, that these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. He says further, near conclusion of this, in today's pericope, if you have set, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And that unity of purpose is important because has sent out into the world, let's remember this, in the gospel narratives, he sent out the 72, not as individuals, but two by two. He sent them two by two. They were always a traveling companion together. Paul in his missionary journeys is very seldom alone. He's often the accompaniment of many. We know them by name, Barnabas and Silas and Timothy, Luke. They travel in partnership and in fraternity and in unity of faith, brothers and sisters in Christ, to share the truth. And we go into the world that denies the truth of God and we go in in our united faith, called into name, called into faith by our name, united in purpose, so that we can carry out his mission as he was sent, so are we, to do his kingdom work. Our Lord told us back in chapter 15, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So let's know this, in our mission of purpose and in our united effort to share the gospel truth, there will be times when the world confronts us and rejects that truth, so be it. But the rejection of that truth is far more bearable to those sharing it when, when we're sharing that mission with another, when we walk in unity of faith and purpose. So let's re-examine our efforts today as we continue to advance the cause of faith here in St. Thomas, in Coeur d'Alene, and throughout the world, that we do so a united way, we examine our own observation of things and be discerning between a preference and an objective truth and then find ways of unity to advance the cause of faith. God bless you all.